the Gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. John. St. John chapter 20, and we'll read verses 24 to 31. St. John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. And before uh, I read it, uh, let us go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Um, we thank you for bringing us together. Lord God, we thank you for uh, your blessed Son who makes all of this possible. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would speak to us by your word, Lord God, so that we might know in prayer how to speak back to you. We thank you and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, St. John chapter 20, verses 24 to 31. And the word of the Lord reads, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace to you. And he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other things in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Now, the passage of Scripture here before us, uh, it can be uh, both troubling and comforting. Troubling in the sense that here we have a believer that makes a complete blunder of their faith. But also comforting, because here we have again, a believer that makes a complete blunder of their faith. But despite this blunder, we see Christ is merciful to address us and help us where we need help the most, 
to pick us up when we have fallen and to keep us going in the way. There are three things in this passage of scripture that I would like to uh, highlight, uh, if I can, briefly. Uh, The first is the danger of making ourselves the authority regarding the truth. The danger of making ourselves the authority regarding the truth. Here we see Thomas, who, as far as he's concerned, his natural sense of sight and touch was for him the primary authority on whether or not he would believe that Jesus is alive. Jesus, who was once dead, is now alive. Verse 24, uh, it tells us that the disciples are, or Jesus had made himself known visibly to the disciples. It tells us in verse 24, now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, after seeing Christ, they said, we have seen the Lord. But listen to the words of Thomas. He says, unless I see his hands, unless I see it, his hands, the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now, this is something that's very common and actually it's very common in our day. Uh, This is common, uh, we hear this among unbelievers where their ability to reason or their intellect becomes the authority on whether or not they will believe the scriptures. And this is something I hear common uh, and people have shared with me because I can't understand or I'm not able to clearly see the reasoning. I don't believe that the scriptures are true. And to my surprise, this is not something that was just, is not just something that's common today. Actually, this is something that has always been common. I find in uh, one of my favorite commentators, if you haven't realized J.C. Ryle, um, he says uh, in his quote here, nothing is more common nowadays than to hear people say that they decline to believe things above their reason, that they cannot believe what they cannot entirely understand in religion, that they must see everything clearly before they can believe. Such talk as this sounds very fine and is very taking with young persons and specifically, sorry, superficially educated people because it supplies a convenient reason for neglecting vital religion altogether. But it is a style of talking which shows a mind either proud or foolish or inconsistent. To drive home this point, I'd like to give an example of uh, one of our brethren in our church uh, had the blessed opportunity with their family to go to Europe. And and on their return, I remember uh, we the brethren were sitting in prayer and they were sharing all the things that they had experienced and seen. And not one time, not one time did anybody in the in the group say, unless I go to Europe and see the things that you have seen or touch the things that you have touched, I don't believe that you went. No one does that. This kind of thinking is not even practical. We tend to listen to the people whom we trust the people who we put our confidence in, even though 
We don't have tangible evidence of the things that we say because we trust them and put our, our confidence in them. We will listen to them. But when it comes to scripture, people say, because I do not understand all things, I will not believe. But not only do we see this outside the church, we must be careful in the church as believers be careful not to make ourselves the authority regarding the truth of God's word. For example, when it comes to when we come across scriptures that disagree or disturb our sensibilities, and we find it hard to subject ourselves or to obey the word of God. Be careful that we don't fall into a trap of saying, well, I just can't see that. Or I find it hard to believe that. Or I don't know how I can obey that. Be careful not to make ourselves the authority on whether or not God's word is to be obeyed. All of God's word is to be heard and obeyed. But not only in there, we must be careful in limiting God's ability when it comes to situations that appear or look hopeless. We must be careful when we say to ourselves, when we have fallen into sin perhaps, how could I come back to Christ? You just don't know the things that I've done. You just can't see God forgiving you. Who are you or who am I the authority on whether or not God is able to forgive? Or when it comes to unsaved family, family and friends or loved ones, uh, broken families or situations that seem bleak or impossible. Be careful when we are in these situations that we are tempted to sometimes not pray or give up in prayer or don't even pray at all because the situation seems so impossible. I just can't see how this person can be saved. I just can't see how this situation can be made any better. Be careful not to make ourselves the final authority on what is possible with God. I remember as one of our brothers shared with us earlier this week, remember that you and I are not the final word. And as the brother shared with us, unless God has given the final word on the matter, we must keep praying. Listen to something John Calvin says regarding the subject of faith. He says, it does not rest satisfied with looking at the condition or present object. This is faith. And it does not cast its eye in all directions to those things which are visible in the world, but depends on the mouth of God. The second thing that I'd like to highlight in this passage of scripture is the omniscience of Christ. Christ shows his divinity. Specifically, I want to point out his omniscience. Remember, he was not physically there when Thomas made the statement. But we must remember, Jesus is not just fully man. Not only is he 100% man, he is also 100% God. Verse 27, he addresses the exact issue that Thomas has. Verse, 20, verse 27, he says to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered him saying, my Lord and my God. 
Jesus awakens this dormant faith in Thomas, a faith that was once shaken by recent events. Jesus is able to put the broken pieces back together. And brethren, how comforting it is to know that even when our faith is shaken and when it is not where it should be, our Lord is full of compassion and rich in mercy and is well able to put the broken pieces back together again. And finally, the third point I'd like to highlight is the blessed state of that individual who makes Christ his authority for truth. The blessed state of that individual. To drive that point home, uh, in verse 29, Jesus says to him, Thomas, because you have not seen me, you have believed, but blessed. I love how Jesus looks at us and says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. To bring this point home about our Lord and why he is to be depended on for truth, I'll let the word of God say it best. St. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, here's what God the Father says about our Lord. Verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Here's what he says again in Luke 9, 35, a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Father lets us know that not only is he well pleased with him, but he is the one that we must listen to. I love what the writer in Hebrew says. In Hebrew chapter one, verses one to three, he says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophet has in these last days spoken, on, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. <clears throat> and I love what Peter says best. He says in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 8, he says about Jesus and about us, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you have not seen him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. And I say again, how blessed the state of that individual, even though he has not seen Christ, he can call upon him, worship him, and serve him, not in fear, but in holiness and righteousness all the days of his life, saying, my Lord and my God, that individual is blessed, truly blessed indeed.
Amen and God bless.